Your Grace, what is the, the basis of your teachings? The basis of this teaching is uh, Bhagavad Gita as it is. And I have already published my book, uh, this Bhagavad Gita as it is. This book is not new. It is very old book, at least 5,000 years old. And it is uh, very widely read all over the world. Uh, in your country, I have seen there are about more than 25 different editions English. Uh, similarly, uh, there is in German language, in England, in Japan, everywhere, all over the country, this book is very widely known, uh, <coughs> Bhagavad Gita. In other words, uh, this is Krishna consciousness. Uh, the speaker of this book is Lord Krishna. And um, the subject matter of this book is what is our relationship with God? And then, after understanding what is our relationship with God, we can work accordingly. Just like uh, you are citizen of America, you have got a particular relationship with the state, and you are expected to work according to that relationship, then you are good citizen, you are law-abiding citizens, and state gives you all protection, and you can improve to the highest perfectional state. Similarly, if we know our relationship with God, whom we call Krishna. Krishna means all-attractive. And, and that is the perfect name of God. Unless God is all-attractive, He cannot be God. God cannot be Hindu's God or Christian's God a Jew's God, a Mohammedan's God. No. God is for everyone. And He is all attractive. He is fully opulent. He is fully in knowledge, perfect in knowledge, perfect in beauty, perfect in enunciation, perfect in fame, perfect in strength. In this way, he is all attract. So we must know our relationship with God. That is the first subject matter of this book, Bhagavad Gita, as it is. Then if we understand our relationship, we can act accordingly. Uh, at the present moment, we are, some of us, uh, 
a declining God. There is no God. Uh, some of them have little conception of God. God is great, but uh, they do not try to understand what is actual relationship with God. They are not very serious. In this way, uh, practically, we are avoiding our eternal relationship with God, and therefore we cannot act properly. And that is the cause of all miseries. That is the cause of all problems. Just like if you do not know uh, the state laws, uh, then you do not act properly. You are always criminal. For example, if you do not know how to drive, keep to the right. If you drive left to the left, you may think, oh, it is after driving, either what does it matter, right or left? But no, as soon as you drive left, you become criminal. Similarly, because we do not know our relationship with God, therefore we are acting wrongly. And therefore, under the laws of God, we are becoming more and more criminal. And our problems are increasing. Uh, therefore, in spite of advancement of education, science, civilization, nice dress, car, and everything, uh, nobody trusts nobody. You see? So, everywhere you go, and gentleman's house, so beware of the dog, no trespasser allowed, all is suspicious. A individual person is suspicious of another individual person. A nation is suspicious of another nation. A community is suspicious of another community. So how can you have peace and prosperity? Suspiciousness means animal, animalistic. A dog is suspicious of another dog. As soon as it finds another dog, it immediately begins to bark. Oh, oh, oh. So is that human civilization. Uh, so what is the mistake of the human civilization? The mistake of the human civilization is that they have forgotten the relationship with God. So here is the scientific statement of our relationship with God. And then according to that relationship, exactly in the same way, just like understanding your relationship, your citizenship in a state, you can act nicely. Similarly, if you know our relationship with God, we can act very nicely, and that is peaceful life. And besides that, this life, the present life, is not all. We have got life after death. That is a fact. Uh, just like uh, we are continu continuously in life, in this present life, uh, you are a child, I was a child, every one of us were a child, that was a life. Then we became boy, 
then you become youth. Now yeah, I am becoming old. And generally, when this body will be useless, I will have to take another body. This is the way. Unfortunately, uh, the, the people, they do not believe in the next life. Although, in every day affair they are experiencing that I am eternal. I can remember the days of my childhood. I can remember the days of my youthhood, my boyhood. And I am still working. That means I am continuously there, although my body in different ways has changed. So it is a fact that even after changing this body, you will have another body. Just like you are sitting in this room. Now, if you vacate this room, that does not mean you are finished. You have gone in some other room. So this is a great science. And uh, people are neglecting this science. They have no uh, I mean, it's information. There are so many departments in university, technological, uh, medical, engineering. But where is the department to know and understand what is the this life? What is God? What is our relationship? So this is not very uh, good civilization. Uh, so there is life after this life, uh, just like progressive life. A child is progressing to youthhood. The youth is aspiring to become a big man, important man. As in this life, there is progressive life. Similarly, life after life, there is also progress. There are different grades of life. So, we get information from authoritative books that there are eight million four hundred thousands of different grades of life. And uh, there are uh, nine hundred thousands of aquatic life, uh, two million species of uh, plants and trees, uh, uh, about 1,100,000 species of life, of birds, uh, 3 million types of species of beasts, and 400,000 species of uh, this human body. Out of that 400,000 different kinds of human bodies, uh, the civilized body is a great boon. And at that time, we can make further progress. Either we can transfer to other planets the standard of living, comforts, are many, many thousands times better than this planet. Uh, but in this book, Bhagavad Gita as it is, we get information that hmm, within this material universe, wherever you go, Either you remain in this planet, or you go to the moon planet, or to the sun planet, or there are millions and trillions of planets. 
the highest planetary system is called Brahma Loka. There the duration of life is very, very great. You cannot calculate even twelve hours of their days. Uh, these are described in this book, Bhagavad Gita as it is. Sahasra Yuga Pajantam Arahajat Brahmano Vidu. Four hundred three thousand years is the duration. Uh, so four hundred uh, yes, four hundred and three thousand of years, solar year, is the one unit of Juga. Uh, such thousand Jugas makes twelve hours of the Brahmalok planet. Similarly, they live there for a hundred years. But these four things, namely birth, death, old age, and disease, these four things are everywhere. Either you live in this planet, or moon planet, or sun planet, or any other planet. The duration of life may be very, very great. Just like in comparison to the ant, our life, human being, we have got hundred years age. Uh, so to the ant it may be very astonishing. Oh, how such a great length of time one can live. Similarly, we may be astonished by hearing uh, twelve hours duration of Brahma Loka, but actually there is. But still, you cannot have heard death. Uh, death is there. So from this book we understand from uh, the version of Krishna or God that Abrahma Bhavana Lokan Even if you go to the highest planetary system, again you have to come back. In this way, all living entities are rotating from one planet to another, from one species of life to another. So, but the, we don't want this, actually. Uh, if I say that, if I give you a nice body, youthful body, and eternal body, full of knowledge, uh, uh, would you not like to have it? Uh, nobody likes old age, nobody likes death, Nobody likes to die. Nobody likes to take birth again, enter into the womb of mother, and live there ten months, yet tight packed. Nobody likes. But what is the solution? Is there any solution by the scientist? No scientist can say, well, all right, we shall stop death, we shall stop disease. Uh, they can manufacture nice medicine to counteract disease, but they cannot manufacture anything which will stop disease. Uh, you can fight against uh, death very nicely, but you cannot stop death. These are the problems. But there is no education in the modern civilization uh, how to stop death how to stop disease, how to stop old age, how to stop birth, 
how to attain eternal life, how to attain blissful life. They have no education. But this Krishna consciousness movement, although it appears a new movement in your country, but it is known to the world, but nobody had previously attempted to put these ideas and movement in practical shape. So that I am doing. That I am attempting. And with this mission, I come to your country with the hope that the if the American people take it very seriously, then it will be the greatest contribution to the world. So I have already published this my magazines and my books in this connection. So if people take advantage of this movement, try to understand these books, they will be benefited greatly. That is the basic principle of my teaching. It is human the most perfect humanitarian work. Try to understand. I will invite anyone and take it diligently. Put your arguments, logic, understanding, and you'll find it is sublime. And that is the basic principle of my moment. Very good. Uh, let's pause here. Let the tape just advance a little. I think that might have run out of faith or inquisitiveness. Just like you have come to me. This is the first stage out of inquisitiveness or some faith that these people are teaching Krishna consciousness. We have heard it is very nice. Let us see what it is. This is the first stage. This is the first stage. One should be inquisitive and have little faith or little respect for Krishna consciousness. It is very nice. They are speaking, doing nice work. But this is the first stage. Uh, the second stage is that in the first stage, if you find it, it is interesting, uh, then the second stage is to associate with us. To understand more, just like we are having our classes uh, three days in a week, we are having class in the morning daily, but for public we are holding classes in the evening from seven to nine in our temple. Perhaps you know, you had been yesterday there, uh, so we are holding classes there and discussing on this book having kirtan, distribution of 
prasadam food, it is very nice. Uh, there is no labor. It's a, it's a, simply you come, you uh, hear nice songs, you dance, you take nice food, you hear nice philosophy, and you think over, and you may go home. Uh, we don't ask anybody that you press your nose like this, you make your head down like this, make exercise like this. We don't ask anybody. Uh, but uh, uh, people automatically uh, like to dance with us. Uh, although dance is labor, but they like it. Uh, so the next stage is uh, to associate with us, to understand more and more. This is the second stage. To First stage, faith and respect. And second stage, association. The third stage, if by association one becomes serious, that I shall become a regular student of Samiji. That is third stage. That is called initiation. That's like these boys, they are initiated. So in that state, uh, they are guided by me. They follow uh, strictly, just like we have got for the initiated students, we have got six, four, uh, four principles. We do not allow uh, illicit sex life. No, we do not allow these boys or girls uh, sex life without being married. This is one uh, regulation. We don't allow them to take anything which is not offered to the deity. Uh, so the, we offer to the deity foodstuff uh, in grains, fruits, flowers, milk products, and that no meat, no egg, nothing of this sort. Simple food. They are nutritious. We prepare very, perhaps you have participated in our uh, love feast and Sundays. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they like it. Uh, so many, hundreds of preparations. We can give at least 300 preparations. Uh, many varieties simply on grains and uh, milk product and fruits. That's all. We don't kill animals, don't kill birds, no. But we make very nice preparation, everyone likes. Uh, so, this is one of the restrictions that you cannot take anything which is not offered to Krishna, Krishna consciousness. Uh, this is the um, second restriction. Uh, the third restriction is no intoxication. Uh, no smoking, no drinking, even uh, no tea taking, no coffee taking, nothing. Uh, these uh, American boys, they are accustomed to all these habits very naturally, but they have given up. Uh, they don't take, in our temple there is no tea taking, no coffee taking, no cigarette smoking, nothing of this sort. This is the third mistake. <laughs> And the fourth restriction is that you cannot take part in gambling or some 
uh, unnecessary sporting, because you have to utilize your time. Your time is very short. If you miss this opportunity of human form of life, because you do not know when death is coming. Uh, it is not that because I am old, I am nearing death, and you are young, you are not nearing death. Who knows that you may die before me? So there is no certainty. So the principle is that because this human form of life is so important to perfect oneself in Krishna consciousness, he should not waste even a minute. You see? So, therefore we don't allow unnecessary sporting, you see. This is simply a waste of time. So no illicit sex life, no meat-eating or animal food, no intoxication, no gambling. So every student has to follow these four things. Otherwise I don't initiate. I don't take chief students that you can do whatever you like and you pay me some money, I give you some mantra and you become God. I don't say like that. I don't bluff like that. I have not come to earn money from your country, but I have come to your country to give you something, sublime. Not to take you, not to take from you, not to exploit you, but to give you something sublime. You see. So that is the third stage, initiation. Then, if you uh, are situated in the third stage nicely, that means if you follow the regulative principles under my direction, then the fourth stage automatically comes. After this third stage, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, up to eighth, automatically comes. That is gradual development. So, in the third stage, if you follow the regulative principle and chant uh, with some prescribed number, numerical strength, then your all misgivings will be over automatically. What are these misgivings? The, the first misgiving is that I am this body. Everyone is under the concept of this body. Uh, this is, I am not this body. That is a fact. But body is changing. Eh? There are many examples. One of the examples uh, is a very common example. Suppose a man is dead. Now everybody is crying. And he, if we ask why you are crying, oh, my son is dead, I can say your son is lying here. Eh? Why you are saying that he is dead? Oh, no, no, he is dead, he is gone, his body is lying, therefore he is different from the body. Immediately you can understand. Eh? You say, no, he is gone, his body is lying. Don't you say at that time? So you understand at the time of death that uh, the man was different from the body. Uh, but during his lifetime I was taking care of his body only. 
What take? Why did I take care of he? Because I did not know him. You see, this is a misgiving. In this way, there are so many misgivings. Uh, we are situated in a platform of misgivings only, misunderstanding our present conditional life. Uh, just like if my body is this body, I am different from this body, then how can I claim that America is my country? This is also another misgiving. If I do not belong to this body, I call myself an American or Indian. <coughs> because accidentally this body is born on the land of America. Therefore I call myself American. But if I am not this body, then how I am American? This is another misgiving. Uh, then uh, I am calling you as my son. You are calling him as your son. But what he is? He is a product of your body. So if you are not this body, how is your son? In this way, you go on. As soon as you study nicely that you are not this body, you will find that you belong to none of this. You are free. This is called Brahma realization, a spiritual realization. This, this stage, when you understand that I am not this body, I do not belong to this country, uh, I do not belong to this family, I do not belong to this society. <coughs> this, this is negative. Uh, some philosophers are trying to. Uh, make these things void. But <coughs> actually I'm existing. I'm existing in misunderstanding. But that does not mean I'm not existing. I'm not void. Just like I'm existing within this apartment. But instead of knowing myself, I have identified this apartment myself. So to simply to understand that I am not this apartment is not perfect knowledge. Then what is my position? What I am actually? When we, that, when we come to that consciousness, at the present moment I am conscious of this body, of this country, of this society, of the family. But when I perfectly understand that I am not any of these things, then my consciousness also changes. Because at the present moment my consciousness is absorbed with all these things. So as soon as I understand that I am not all this, then my consciousness must change. Not that my consciousness will stop. If I am in misunderstanding, if I come to the right understanding, that does not mean my understanding is stopped. 
Rather, my understanding becomes purified. That means if I am not this, then I am this. And that we do not know. What is that? And that is Krishna. Krishna consciousness. So, when you are freed from this illusory consciousness, and if you are situated in Krishna consciousness, uh, then we get attachment because we are attached to all these things. Attached to this body, attached to this society, attached to the country, attached to so many things in relationship with the body. Now, after negativating my identity with this false identification, when I come to the right point, then I understand that I am Krishna's. I'm Krishna's. Then your attachment for Krishna increases because you transfer the attachment. Just like a child, a child is attached to play, but when he grows up, his attachment is transferred to study. That does not mean he gives up the attachment for playing. His that attachment is lost. No, attachment must be there. But that is transferred or purified. So Krishna consciousness means purified consciousness, real consciousness. And the next stage, after uh, being freed from his givings, attachment for the real identity, ruchi. Uh, uh, then. Mm, Ashakti, greater attachment. Uh, then an ecstasy. Uh, that ecstasy. Then when it's, I'm coming nearer to God, because I am God's, in the beginning I told you that we, we have forgotten our relationship with God. So when you are out of misgivings, we come to the platform of increasing attachment for God. Uh, so, this attachment, when it is perfectional stage, it is called love of God. The love is here also. Uh, instead of loving God, we are now loving dog. Love is there. But when you are out of misgivings, you transfer your love from dog to God. These are the different stages to come to the uh, yeah, uh, and uh, how do you attain Krishna consciousness? These are the stages. So, if we follow uh, cautiously and sentiently and, and these six stages of development, you come to Krishna consciousness automatically. Uh, yeah. Study. <coughs> this meditation and breathing exercise is not part of a study uh, because uh, we are following a method which is a direct method. I'll give you the example, just like 
uh, there is a skyscraper house on <clears throat> there are staircases to go to the top floor say 100th floor and there is uh, elevator also so if you take advantage of the elevator you reach immediately 100th floor within a minute but if you go step by step step by step it will take hours so this meditation and <clears throat> process is not possible at the present age uh, this meditation was recommended uh, according to vedic literature uh, in the golden age when the duration of life was very very long people were peaceful there was no disturbance uh, the exact version in the vedas is krite uh, krite means in the golden age when everyone is pious uh, that is called krita yuga age of krita uh, very pious age so in the in those ages people used to live 100000s of years and they were very pure there was no sinful activity and in that stage meditation was possible meditation requires certain principles you have to select a solitary sacred place you have to sit alone you have to close your eyes half not full if you close your eyes full then you sleep and you have to uh, concentrate on the tip of your nose and you have to sit straight under posture and then you have to exercise breathing if you are uh, inhalation is going this side then you have to breathe this side there are so many processes so these things are not possible because our mind is so disturbed uh we are engaged in so many outside war it's not possible to concentrate you cannot find out a solitary place the so called meditation going on in a class uh, that is not meditation meditation cannot be performed in that way it must be very solitary place sacred place and you have to do it alone is it so these facilities are not uh, available at the present age besides that that meditation process will take you a very long time to realize yourself uh, so meditation is there in our process but it is a very quick process what is that uh we loudly chant hari krishna so even if your mind is diverted to some other subject you will be forced to hear hari krishna you have to apply your mind is it either you take it or somebody is disturbing or you are enjoying you have to you are forced to turn your mind to this side and if we go on chanting for a 
short time, the meditation is always there. And with the dancing, the breathing is also there. But it is a shortcut policy. Uh, that policy, the yogic meditation or breathing exercise, samadhi, it is already there in our process. But we don't take uh, in that prescribed way of meditation because that is not possible in this age. It is very difficult. Uh, so, meditation and breathing exercise is not a part of our program, but it is automatically performed by this process of chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram. That is automatically done. It is a nice process. Then your next question is, is diet an important segment of the world? Yes. And diet is very important thing. Just like uh, when a patient goes to a physician, uh, he prescribes a certain type of diet. Why? Uh, that's a practical fact. Why you accept a physician prescription of diet? Uh, suppose a man is suffering from diabetes. His diet is different. A man is suffering from tuberculosis. His diet is different. A man is suffering from uh, typhoid fever. His diet is different. Therefore, uh, diet shall not be uh, extravagant or whimsical. They must be selected. Uh, First of all, we have to see what is the diet of the human being. Actually, uh, I've read in some scientific magazine, a medical magazine, that our teeth is not meant for eating uh, meats. These teeth are meant for eating fruits. Actually, the shape of the teeth is like that, just like sharp knife. You can approach, you can take immediately. But if you take one piece of meat, you cannot eat so easily with these teeth. Uh, so first of all, you have to understand what is your diet. So your diet is different from animal's diet. Uh, you take anything, even stool is food for a certain animal. But that does not mean I have to eat stool also. Stool may be eatable for a certain type of animal. Or that is not my uh, diet or food. Similarly, you have to discriminate. Now, so far we are concerned, uh, Krishna conscious person, we are studying Krishna conscious. What is our diet? Our diet is Krishna prasadam. What is offered, as I told you, that something is offered to Krishna, then we take. We don't take anything direct, just like these fruits. We have first of all offered to Krishna, 
here is a plate. And then we take. That is our system. Even if we take, we take vegetables, fruits, we don't take directly. We first of all prepare or cut into pieces, offer to the deity, then we take. Now, the idea is that we take the remnants of food offered to Krishna. Now, when you offer something some res- uh, to some respectable person, you ask him, uh, what can I offer you? Uh, if I go to your house and if you want to offer me something to eat, you will ask me what I wish to eat. That is the etiquette. Similarly, uh, Krishna, we have to offer Krishna what Krishna likes to eat. So how we can know? In this book we have the things what Krishna wants. He says, you give me foodstuff, patram puspam phalam toyam. Fruits, flowers, grains, milk, like that. So our Deity is Krishna Prasadam. Therefore, Krishna wants these things. We prepare these things and we eat the remnants of food. If Krishna says that you give me meat, then we can offer Krishna, uh, meat also. But Krishna does not say that. Krishna says, give me fruits, flowers, grains. So we have no quarrel with the meat eaters. Let them do whatever he likes. But our concern is that unless Krishna takes, we don't take. So in order to become Krishna conscious, uh, uh, this is necessary, uh, just like an important segment of the work. We cannot accept anything which is not offered to Krishna. Therefore, this diet, this sort of diet, as we have tasted in our love feast, uh, uh, that is important. Uh, we cannot take outside the scope. So in that sense, diet is important. Besides that, from health point of view also, you require a balanced food, carbohydrate, starch, protein, and fat. That is scientific. So fat we are getting from milk. But uh, see, if I can get fat from milk and butter, why shall I kill the cow, an animal? Uh, this is humanity. My necessity is to get some milk and fat. Uh, the cow is supplying you milk and fat sufficiently. Why should you kill it? Uh, I am going to be Krishna conscious, God conscious, and I am killing another God's creature. So, it is very important work to select that if anyone is serious to become Krishna conscious or God conscious. Therefore, in our program, meat eating is forbidden. So, diet is very important in that sense. <clears throat> the next question, if so, what is the significance? I think I have already explained this. Uh, 
is there a provisioning period for Krishna consciousness, or does one attain this enlightenment according to his own rate of development? <coughs> yes. Uh, everything uh, requires little enthusiasm. Just like a boy is going to school with no enthusiasm, and the boy is going to school with nice enthusiasm. One boy is passing in the first class, first division, and another boy is failing, or he is passing in the third division. So, uh, the profession period, of course, I have already explained, to associate with us. The second stage. First stage is faith and respect. The second stage is association. That is probation and period. And so far, attaining the enlightenment according to one's rate of development, that development depends on your enthusiasm. How far you are serious. But uh, one should become very serious. That is the law in every uh, sphere of uh, achievement. <coughs> so, for attaining to the perfectional stage of Krishna consciousness, uh, one should be very much enthusiastic. Yes, I must attain to the perfectional stage in this life. Uh, and then one should be patient also. Uh, enthusiasm does not mean if I attempt something immediately, the result is immediately. No, the result may be delayed, but we should not be disturbed. But we must go on working with enthusiasm. This is called patience. So enthusiasm, patience. And uh, confidence. Because we believe in Krishna, Krishna says that if you do this, you get this result. Therefore, I must have confidence. Just like Krishna says that simply by understanding Him, what He is, how does He come, how does He work, one immediately gets passport to enter into the spiritual kingdom. So we must have confidence that I am working in Krishna consciousness, I must go back to God and back to home. Uh, this confidence. So enthusiasm, patience, confidence. Uh, and usad dhajya tattat karma nishchad dhajya tattat karma pravartana. Simply uh, enthusiasm, but no work. But you must be engaged in the prescribed duties of Krishna consciousness. And you must keep always yourself in the association of devotees. These things are, uh, I mean to say, uh, impetus for development of Krishna consciousness. So the more you enthuse yourself with these six principles, uh, patience, uh, enthusiasm, uh, then confidence, 
then engaging in the activities, uh, keeping association with devotees, and avoiding association with non-devotees. That is also another thing. Just like if you want to ignite a fire, then the more the dried the wood is, you get good fire. If you get uh, uh, wet wood, the fire is uh, very difficult to burn. Therefore, we should keep ourselves dry from being wet by the association of non-devotees. That is also another process. You see? If you come to our class and go to some other class, some night club class, then it is counteracted immediately. You see? So you have to, if you want to ignite fire, you must protect it from water. And if you ignite fire and pour water, then what is the benefit? Nothing. So, to make progress in Krishna consciousness, you have to keep company with the devotees. Similarly, you have to avoid the company of non-devotees. So these uh, six principles will develop Krishna consciousness. And then your last question is, does Krishna consciousness bring in karmic action as part of its belief. <coughs> yes, uh, Krishna consciousness activities and uh, apparently uh, seem to be karma. karma. We must understand uh, what is the difference between karma and bhakti. Just like uh, we are using this tape records, this microphone. So if you go to a politician, you will find the same paraphernalia. And I am speaking, and he is also speaking, the interview. So apparently it appears all the same. But this is bhakti and that is karma. Then what is the difference between bhakti and karma? Karma means you do something, and whatever you do, there is result. So you take the result also. Suppose you do some business. So the result is uh, one million dollars profit. So you take it. And the result is one million dollars loss. You take it. This is karma. You act on your own account and you take the result. Is it clear? Uh, this is called karma. But our activity <coughs> is for Krishna. So we act. If there is profit, it is Krishna's. If there is loss, it is Krishna's. We are unaffected. 
we are making this preaching work of Krishna consciousness. If somebody comes, <coughs> he is Krishna's, he is not mine. This boy is serving me. I not for my sense gratification, but developing Krishna consciousness. Similarly, if he goes to serve a master, he serves the master for the sense gratification of the particular person. Therefore, he pays him. So he does not serve that master. He pay. He serves that payment. And what is that payment for his sense gratification? Therefore, he serves his sense gratification. The karma is serving one sense gratification. And bhakti is serving Krishna's sense gratification. Krishna will be satisfied in this way. We work in that way. So it is not karma. And as soon as I work, oh, I will get this money and satisfy my senses. That is karma. So I become uh, subject to the result. It may be good or bad. But when you work for Krishna, He is all good. There is no question of bad. And all good goes to the all good. I am simply His eternal servant. Another example, this finger takes some foodstuff and gives to the stomach. Uh, so uh, when the stomach is satisfied, the finger is satisfied automatically. It does not require to take separately any food, but the kormis are trying to enjoy themselves. That's like the finger. If it takes a nice cake and if he thinks that, oh, why shall I give it to the stomach? So he, it cannot eat. It simply spoils. That's all. So we are spoiling our energy without Krishna consciousness. And therefore you are being subjected to the laws of uh, transmigrating from one species of life. We are simply spoiling our time and energy. So if you take to Krishna consciousness, that is the proper utilization of our energy given by God. Just like if I am healthy, the finger is also healthy. Then what is the duty of the healthy finger to serve this body? Similarly, we have got this energy from Krishna, from God. So if you utilize this energy for Krishna, then it is proper utilization. If you utilize the energy for our sense gratification, then you are misusing. So anyone who is not in Krishna consciousness, he is spoiling his time, wasting his life, and subjecting himself in so many laws of nature. So these things are very nicely explained in this Bhagavad Gita as it is. This is the preliminary study of Krishna consciousness. And if one studies this book nicely, then he goes to other books, 
I have got this Srimad Bhagavatam. This is also uh, Krishna consciousness. But the uh, project is very great. It will have to be finished in sixty volumes like this. So about ten, twelve volumes are already finished. So I'm going on working on this. Uh, so it is a great uh, subject matter for study. So people should take interest in it. It is not uh, anything trifle thing. Uh, people should come to us to understand. Uh, we have got literature, we have got philosophy, everything we have got. It is not a blind, imposing thing. This Krishna consciousness movement. So everyone who actually want to give some service to the society, to the humanity, they must study this philosophy. Uh, and we are prepared to meet anyone, scientists, philosophers, poets, thoughtful men, and we can give answer to all their questions. Uh, but our method is very simple. We call everyone, even to the child, sit down, chant Hare Krishna. And he gradually realizes. Uh, but if anyone wants to understand this philosophy uh, through knowledge, through books, through philosophy, logic, we are prepared. But for the mass of people, we give the simple method Hare Krishna, chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare. and he realizes. Uh, all these boys, they are not philosophers, they are not very highly learned, but they are developing simply by chanting. Uh, this is so nice. It is for the greatest scholar and it is for the innocent boy. Therefore, it is universal. Even for the animals. Yes, we have seen. Ah, sometimes dogs, they also dance in this Krishna consciousness, chanting. Yes? Yes. So you should cooperate with us. So your questions are finished. Any extra question you can ask, if you like. Oh, I want to 